I'm Richard Lannan, rides with Canon, and this is the Glazing Insider Industry Podcast. Welcome to the podcast dedicated to the people of the glazing industry. In this conversation, I talk to Nathan Bushell from Lasco PR. In this conversation, Nathan talks us through his fenestration journey, all the way from how it started to the position he's in today. So, without further ado, let's get started. Nathan. Richard. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How did you get into the fenestration world? I think, like most people, accidentally. Yeah, that happens a lot. How do I get into it? Well, I was working at a publishing company um, on a different magazine, essentially. So, I started... Well, I, do you want to go right back to when yeah, I left university? Right so I left university and I, um, I, was, I was, what did I sell? I was selling insurance for a while on, 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 over, over the telephone in Bristol. And it, only because I wanted to go traveling. I didn't want to get into a job where I would find myself just pulled in and not being able to leave. So I did that for a while. I did go traveling. But bookending that traveling, I was working in recruitment. And I was, specifically, I was working in construction recruitment, building services and laterally tunnelling. I was writing for a, um, I was uh, in tunnelling recruitment, there was this company in Tunbridge Wells that specialised in recruiting en- engineers for tunnels. Um, it sounds yeah, very, very specific, but I got to know the editor of a magazine who happened to be based in Sevenoaks, which was close to where I lived. That, 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 I'll have to come back to that because after leaving uh, recruitment, I then went to work in London for a legal company, uh, well, a legal publishing company. So I wrote guides to legal services, and I specialised in construction law. I'm sorry, this is this is a very long way. We'll get to the point eventually. So I specialised in construction law, and they taught me how to write. You know, I had a very a very uh, sympathetic and encouraging editor. I was very bad at writing. I was one of those people. I was just saying earlier, I would, I would just write everywhere, but she taught me how to write concisely. And eventually, it would help me to write news stories because when my first child was born, Oscar, he was born prematurely in France. So while we were out in France, sort of, you know, looking after him, I flew back to the UK. I didn't want to work in London anymore. I loved working in London, but I went close to home. So I spoke to this old um, editor of a tunnelling magazine, and uh, he happened, he was looking for a news editor. So I just jumped to, to work for him. So that's how I got into sort of magazine writing on trade magazine. Tunnels and Tunneling International. It's a great magazine. Loved it. You know, tunnels are amazing. They don't, they don't feature enough in everyday life, as far as I'm concerned, because they, they have these big beast of machines, like 15 meters diameter, 15 meters diameter, boring through the earth. I would just see the crossrail in London. Amazing. I think I asked for a pay rise one day. They said no. So I'm like, I'm looking for another job. <laughs> and I got a job literally down the road, another publishing house in Sevenoaks, mm. on RCI, roofing, cladding, and insulation. And uh, it was great. It was about 2000. I think it was, and I started. There was a, I was deputising for someone who went on maternity leave, but I quickly took on the editor's role, and she went into a different editor's role within the, within the company. So I was there for a while. I was only a couple of desks down from GGP, Glass and Glazing Products, and so I, yeah, I got to know them all. And at some point, the old editor left, and it was just a kind of career progression. It was a bigger magazine, bigger sales, bigger reach. That was in about 2006, 2007, I think. So that's when I got into the fenestration industry. And so I came in from another magazine, and I, I picked. I remember my first couple of weeks, literally going, "So, what's a systems company?" <laughs> All right. 
And so, so how does that fit in with, so how, fit, are they the same as a fabricator? No, 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 they're different. They're, different. they're good to install. So suddenly, it was this big old, you know, um, supply chain. I was getting my head around, you know, who was selling to who. And it was, uh, that was very, very good. I had a um, really, really great time there. And then, then from there, I decided to become a freelance writer and I worked on the glazing. Worked there for a year or two before working for Glass Times, where I've been for about 10, well, almost 10 years, just, just under 10 years working for Glass Times. So I think that's where, if people see my face, recognize me, it was from most from Glass Times. That's where I spent most of my time before leaving at the beginning of this year to join Lasco PR and Marketing. Uh, that's Lasco PR and Marketing. <laughs> <laughs> no shameless plugs here, no, no, not yeah. at all. That's a, <laughs> yeah, we'll read out your full contact details. Yeah, not a problem at all, that's fine with me. Yeah, so yeah, no, last time I was up there, I've just uh, we got a little bar up there, so I had a chat with Andy and Mandy. Yes. They don't hate me, that's, which is nice, we're leaving. I don't know, did, did people know the story about, about this? Because I, 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 so. I suppose I had a little bit of a, a, little bit of a midlife crisis. Um, I just, you know, I've been an, I had been an editor for like 20 years or so, of one shape or form. And the opportunity presented itself when Luke left Lasco PR Marketing to, uh, to join John. And John had already jo always joked to say that he would never work with me, he'd find me too difficult. So obviously, I had to say yes. <laughs> so we get, we get very well. But then Luke, Luke had kind of found him the job. When he realized I was taking his job, he thought, you know, I want to work on Glass Times. So he, he then decided not to go to the job he decided to go for, instead pick up my old job at Glass Times. So we did a job swap, we did a job swap. Wow, I, I'm glad you explained that because yeah. I did wonder how that happened because yeah. you don't see that very often. You don't see job swaps, no. 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 I thought it, I genuinely thought it was just something that you'd had a chat and go, do you want to swap? And <laughs> so, someone else said that to me. I was speaking to um, Becky at Alitech. She says, so did, did you sit down? Was it like, a, like an agreement where you just say, tell you what, you have my job and I'll have yours. I, I, yeah, it was, it was not quite that simple, but Looking back on it, it seems to go easier than what we'd expect. I think it's just keeping people happy. <laughs> yes. What? So. And I, and I, and I do love Glass Time. It's a great magazine. It's uh, a lot of support from the industry, and Andy and Mandy are brilliant. So and, how? And John. <laughs> <laughs> so how has your life changed from being an editor going to now you're writing for editors, basically? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's quite complicated because not. It's not just the professional thing. Um, I think the professional thing is fairly straightforward. I've just had to, because obviously I have the ability to write, and that's bearing in mind most of the content I produce is the written word. And also my journalistic skills come into play if I'm doing other things. I also know what editors want. So it's, I, can, I, I like to think that when I'm talking to them and creating things for them, I'm sympathetic to their needs, as I'm not just like a, a mallet, you know. So no, I've got that side. So that's fairly straightforward. There are, more than having one boss, I've got, I know, I, think, I don't have clients, I've got now 10, 10 of clients. <laughs> they, so there's a lot of people that I need to keep happy, quite rightly so. Uh, and they're, actually, they're all brilliant. They're, they're not hard work at all. But you just, every, every day, you're going through that list in your head, going, right, needs to do this, needs to do that. So it's quite an involved, an involved job. And I do want to keep people happy. And I've also, there's, there's lots, We've, we map out what we want to say, and it's a question of you know going through that methodically, talking to people, making sure we get those messages out there, and making you know, making sure we do the job properly. Um, but I think what what um, I find more uh, of, a, of a challenge, 
I think is that I've become I've become an apprentice. So I've uh, after twenty years, I was at the top I, top of my game. You know, yeah. you know I, I'd got to a place. You know, as, you know, as an editor, it's kind of the in your profession, like, you, you can't really get a great deal higher. You know, you're you, you in control of the uh, the message in the you know, the voice in the magazine, um, and you're sort of pulling in all these different messages, and you're portraying. You know, you, I, I think I was good at what I did, um, but. Uh, going over to marketing, suddenly there's a whole new skill set I had to learn. Yes, I could transfer skills over, but it was, um, it's a, it's a, there, are, there are new skills I have to learn. So suddenly, I don't know, I'm 40, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting on a bit. You don't look for it. <clears throat> I, 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 yeah, I feel it. They, it I, suddenly, I'm kind of at junior level in some respects. I'm not in every respect, but I do feel as if, yeah, I, don't, I mustn't assume that I am in command of, of, of all the knowledge, so I do I do defer to for John's greater expertise on that certainly, and I'm, and I'm grateful for it. I mean, I'm enjoying it, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to to move into to this field is because I wanted to learn something new, I wanted to do something new. So I'm doing that. That's interesting because not you know egos sometimes stop people doing that. You know they genuinely want to learn something new, but they just can't. So the fact that you did that says quite a lot about your character, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, an egotistical reason as well. There is. Honesty, it's up. Well, thing is, I was also um, when I, the reason. All those I said before, I, I became freelance after after leaving GGB. I, I actually just wanted to become more of a dad. I wanted to be at home a lot more. I didn't want to be yeah. leaving home early and coming home late and missing the kids growing up. You know, my kids don't care about me now. I, I, you know, I, I, I get in the way. You know, it's, they're out all hours. They they drive themselves places. They they. they they raid the fridge. They don't, they don't need me. In fact, if I ask them what their day is, they, you know, they think there's something wrong with me. You know, before disappearing. So, no, so I, I'm better off channeling all my efforts into my job rather than my family now. It's it's, uh, it's 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 the opposite way to most people do. Most people work really really hard, then realise that actually they need to step back and move on to the family. I've had enough of my family. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to I'm ready to do a <laughs> to do a proper job. <laughs> so going back to sort of your editor days. Yeah. From the sort of ways I'm looking at this, I, I see content as, as quite collaborative. I see our industry in a, in a specific way of changing and evolving. You were working, you know, at the end of the day, you were competition. But did you sort of all get on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you, if you, you should have come across to our press event earlier, Richard. No, no, we, we, we all get on. We all get on. I'm sure that there are a, a personal sort of gripes. But generally, no, we, we all go out, we have a drink together. We have a laugh. It's, we, yeah, no, no. We, we, we talk even now. Obviously, I talk now to them all because it's kind of required to. But no, as an editor, I'd, I'd be sort of speaking with them. Luke, in fact, doesn't live that far from me in Devon. We have been out sort of you know, cycling together, you know. So it's uh, it's uh, no very collaborative. We do, yeah, we do go on. And one thing I noticed, I mean, with with the stuff I'm doing, you've been very supportive. Yeah, you, you, know, you understand it. If you were to look last times, would that still be the case? Oh, sorry to put you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, no. I, no, I, no, I think I would be. I think that you, if anything new comes along, I think we'll, regardless how open minded we are, I suppose you'd all think, oh, how's this going to affect me? Is this, is this person going to steal my revenue? Am I suddenly going to see myself poorer? Am I, am I, is my job at risk? Is my house going to fall down? Yeah. All these sort of things. And I, I think that, that those sort of things, but I, um, I think that even in the short time that I've been out of 
editing, the market is moving on. I think that we talked about video earlier. I do think the market is demanding a kind of more pluralistic approach to journalism and to publishing. And so video and podcasting falls into that mix. And while, yes, certainly there are, you know, some of the magazines do host video. I know that Glass uh, Times does a bit, Window News does a bit. The guys who do uh, Total Fabricate and Total Installer, they've set up Glaze Tube, for example. Uh, it's still very low level at the moment, but it, it's simmering. It's, it, it's, it's all there. I think you know, the primary people who want to get videos on at the moment, other than the trade press, is hosting on LinkedIn. You've got LinkedIn long form, so you can host a video on YouTube and put the link through to LinkedIn and you can host things that way. So there are lots, there are lots of ways of doing it, but do you know, it's, it's, still, it's still sort of, people are still finding their feet. And you're, I, I, I don't think that it would be, um, it's any different, I don't think it would be any different for you. If like a new magazine came into market, I, I don't think that I would treat them any differently to you. You should, you should come along to um, some, some press events. That's what, see yourself as an editor maybe, and uh, rub, rub shoulders with the volume. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It was, no, Richard, you're not, you're not a threat to the trade magazine, are you? But I hope they don't see me as that, because a lot of them, it's probably the fear of the unknown, like you said, they're not, they might not, sh I'm not taking any of their revenue yet, which isn't a problem. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm not intended You've to, got, but it's... You've got a big ambition. <laughs> but it, it's more, I see it as there's enough room for everyone, and ultimately, as I keep saying to everyone, I am here for the consumer. This is my role. This is why it's inside, because I, I'm shouting about the industry to consumers so that they can get the information they need. I don't ever see the trade magazines going down that route, so they shouldn't see them as competition. Marketing companies shouldn't see them as a competition because I'm not trying to steal their, you know, their, their customers. I'm trying to help them. And I think the forward-thinking companies like you are you're seeing the benefits, seeing the value that you, you can have another platform that you can start pushing out content on, which is valuable to everyone. So I think it comes down to that, what they, how they see you rather than what you are more than anything. I suppose what, you, what you've got to do is um, work at making, making sure that people see value in what you're doing. And that, I think that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Because if people see a value in what you're doing, then they'll invest in you more. Yeah. Whether or not that takes away revenue from somewhere else is a, is, a, is a different matter. But, arguably, then it's up to them to make sure that their offering is better so that that revenue is ring-fenced. It's, it's, yeah. just, it's just economics, really. It's business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, you've got, we, I think I've said this before, the, um, there was a time where, it wasn't that long ago, where the only real route to market through the supply chain was through the trade press. The trade press is still very, very important, but that it's changing. You know, people have got different routes to market, and also those—they're all consumers at the end of the day. So those habits we pick up as consumers are going to be transferred over as, as business people as well. So if we're used to watching YouTube at home in the evening, then why can't we watch videos while we're at work? And there are, you know, there are lots of ways. That, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got ideas as well. You know, you, you, you walk the dog and you think, well, how can this work? How can we make this work? So there are, there are lots of things that I can see changing over the next uh, five to ten years. I can imagine in 2032, it'll be a, quite a different uh, landscape when it yeah. comes to, to media, very easily. So, with all of your journey, is there a low point in all of that that sticks out for you? Low point? Do you know what? Um, no, 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 it's a short answer. I can't think of a low point. Oh, I know, actually, 
I had a recruitment job years ago. The first one I was telling you about, the guy I was working for was a, was an egomaniac. He was a bit psychopathic, really. But then again, he then forced me down a route which got me the jobs I later got. So if you, there's, there's, no, there's never a low point because you always learn from it. Um, I'm trying to think, was there, there, was a, there was an example I was thinking of the other day where <clears throat> something seemed to fail. You know, I'd made a decision, or I was, with someone else I'd made a decision. It's escaped me, but I, I, I remember the, the, the things around it. And it just thought, that was a waste of time, it was a waste of money. It, it, you know, it's, that was a, clearly a, a mistake. But you think, well, no, it's, it's not because you've learned something. You've come away and you're, you're better and you're stronger as a result of it. Sometimes it, you, you need, and that really the mistake, arguably, is never making those changes. And I suppose, going back to my own journey, jumping from Glass Times to, to Lasco, that was a big leap of faith. I, I, I felt as if, you know, I was jumping into them because I, I, was, I didn't consider myself a marketer. You know, I've always, some PR people, people I work with, you know, not as. So I, I, was, I was taking a, a real risk. I was, for, the, for the first couple of months, I would go, God, have I, have I made the right decision? Have I made the right decision? But no, yeah, I'd have. I have. So I look back and I thought, well, no, because I would still be sitting there. Right? <laughs> I would still be sitting there uh, worried about um, if, I'd, if I'd missed an opportunity. Sometimes you've just got to take the bull by the horns. But low points, yeah, of course, there have been low points, but ultimately they led to um, a better, better situation, a better, better life, I suppose. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, so, on the flip side, is there a high point that sticks out for you? What, as an editor or as a part of my journey? The whole journey, really. Kids are already part of that, but from a work <sighs> point of view, fenestration work. From a work point of view. Um, I think it's, it's more generic. I, I, for me, it's the fact that people took a chance on me. That is always a high point. When people trust you to do a job and to be an ambassador for their company, it's, you, you can't help but feel um, uh, somehow unduly rewarded because it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a leap of faith for them. And I, again, I can remember even when I was working for GGP all those years ago. You know, they, they were just so mad to us. We, we think that you'd make a good, a good editor. We'd like you to go out there and you'd face the business. And uh, I think, well, that's, that's really good. And of course, Andy and Mandy have the same, Tony Higgins at Glazing, and now John. They obviously see something in me, and that, that, having that trust is, is a real, it's heartwarming. There are also lots of stories about being drunk at various festivals and uh, exhibitions that probably also hide points, but it's, uh, I won't want to talk about it here. No, no, that's a different podcast. <laughs> and then last question, bit of a spanner that I'm throwing into the works. Uh, of all the people you know in the fenestration world, if you had to spend two weeks on a desert island with one of them, who would it be? Oh. I know. Well, you obviously got to edit this. I'm going to sit here now and, and, <laughs> scratch, and scratch my. You should give me warning of this question. Um, who I spent two weeks on? Uh, things I've spent a long time in a day. A lot of people's companies. Yeah, you always. <laughs> I know you know a lot of people. Uh, yeah. It must be harder for you than anyone. So I can't. If you avoid customers, it'd probably be smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the thing is, actually, I know a lot of great people. And I, I've, I, I do genuinely say, when I, when I came to the Fit Show today, I thought, it's, I'm going to be meeting friends. There, there, there will be people here who I'm, I'm just going to really enjoy, um, enjoy spending time with, having, you know, having a drink, having a laugh. And it's more to the point, would they want to spend two weeks with me? 
Richards. You know, it, it, that, that, that would be, I think it's unfair for me to put anyone in, in that position. I can work with that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, thank you very much for your time today. No, thank, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Richard. Really appreciate it. And, uh, well, I'm sure you'll be back on at some point for the next phase of your journey. And uh, we'll go from there. Thank you very much. Cheers, Nathan. Thank you. Bye. That was a great conversation with Nathan. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you have enjoyed this conversation, there'll be another version of this on our video podcast channel available shortly. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one, consider subscribing. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Until next time.